Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Both Simi and Priyanka have journeyed through multiple roles in public relations, media and marketing. This exchange of experiences highlights certain similarities and differences between India and Canada when it comes to education, work culture and the passion with which information is received and used in both places. Okay, so both of you have had more experience than me professionally and within the industry. So I'm curious to know from you, Simi, what changes have you observed between now and a few years ago in regards to education and work in PR? And when I say PR, I mean public relations. Well, that's a great question. Um, so let me just preface by saying that um, I'm far from an expert. Um, I've been in the industry for three years. It's not my first career. So I, I started um, later um, in life after I moved to Toronto. So my comments are really very narrow because I was working for a very small company. So it was less than 10 people. Um, and so I'm not sure how broad this um, my experience is for other people mm-hmm. and other situations. Um, but, uh, in my experience with this company, which, um, worked in fundraising for, um, nonprofit organizations, um, NGOs and healthcare, um, facilities, (laughs) again, very narrow, um, when I joined them in 2016, uh, there from 2016 to 2018, um, there was no interest at all in engaging with social media or digital platforms. Part of the reason for that, I think, was um, the nature of the leadership at that company, um, which had been there for 25 years and wasn't really uh, connected to the broader um culture out there as it evolved in communications they'd never had a communications person really in the organization so there wasn't a sense of appreciation for what the the possibilities were in terms of um increasing their revenue you know and the marketing um possibilities with social media um and and, and there was actual resistance. I would say more than lack of appreciation. There was real resistance to it. They didn't want to have to spend the money on hiring someone with with the knowledge and devote the time to curating content. And I don't think they saw the value in it. I don't think they, they, they had really looked at the competition until I got there and started to sort of prod them a little bit. And then they started to look at at channels and the way they were being used. So so that said, it was a it was a difficult time because I wasn't 
I wasn't able to use my um, skills or grow there at all. Um, so after working there, <clears throat> excuse me, for two years, I then went back to school to PR school and really got a sense full time. I had been taking night classes, so I was I had dipped my toe in the water, but I got a much broader sense of the value of PR and the different ways it could be used. Now I'm working with a company that is um, a B2B company, uh, again, working with nonprofit organizations, but uh, conducting virtual um, public engagement, telephone town halls. So they're not open to the public, but we deal with uh, governments and um, and and unions and and uh, other public organizations. And I'm doing the social media for them and and the website content. And um, it is really we take for granted uh, that everyone's going to be on um, from a business point of view. Everyone's going to be engaged with social media. But, you know, that's really not the case. I think it mm -hmm. depends l largely on the sector um, yes. that we're talking about. So the nonprofit sector is really quite different from private sector. I think when we're in school and just looking at, at the media as a consumer, I don't, for me, I think of private sector, you know, we look, we're bombarded with Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook from from corporations, from banks and from retailers and you know, but for a nonprofit um, in the nonprofit sector it's very different. They don't have the funds necessarily to invest in in marketing um, and the type of content that you would post is very different. There isn't the, the volume of content, you know, because you're not selling in the same way. Mm -hmm. So there's not a constant, there's not a, a, a pipeline of constant content promoting the product. Um, so I would say that is my experience of just, you know, the transition for a small company that deals with nonprofits um, to actually, again, a small company because I'm, I'm still with a small company, but they're much more engaged and, and it's a tech oriented company. And so we're very aware of um, the, the potential for, for social media and digital engagement. Right. And like you said, with the sector, I guess it also depends largely on the audience that they're catering to or trying to reach. And you did mention, excuse me, you didn't mention Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn, which probably is more inclined. Correct me if I'm wrong, please, but more towards uh, baby boomers, Gen X and uh, Gen millennials, I suppose. The rest of it, uh, the rest of the platforms that are widely used is mostly for the Gen Z. Isn't that so? Um. Yes, from my understanding, I mean, at Facebook um, obviously is, is a bit older. I mean, for our demographic, it, it, we are focused on those three platforms. LinkedIn in particular, 
Um, there's no Instagram whatsoever because of the nature of our of our business. Right. Um, we're really looking at this de decision makers. We're looking at people who are established in the organization um, because our goal really is to establish ourselves as thought leaders in our in our industry. Right. So we're really not targeting um, entry level communication professionals. Priyanka, coming to you now, how different is the approach to public relations and media in Canada as compared to India, given your experience, like we were just discussing a few minutes ago, that you've worked for over 12 years with a, a huge media network in India. So what, what are the differences that you've observed and how, how does it work? Um. First of all, Palvi, thanks for thanks for having Simi and myself over for this conversation. Uh, I I kind of um, want to take the same path as Simi and probably let you know that um, public relations was uh, it's media in itself is a it's it's a really huge and wide umbrella, and public relations happens to be like one section siloed section that that we deal with which is which is more about getting your organization's reputation in order and kind of trying and talking to it but i was more engaged and involved with uh, media like uh, broadcast media and news per se for the first 12 years of my career when when i was working for a major national news network in india and um, it's 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 funny how even when um, when you mentioned that you, you that you know you were working for a network, uh, people thought you were a journalist. Now 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 that's really uh, and and that kind of shows um, the difference when when you're actually talking about media as an industry and the approach to it as compared to um, Canada and India, where journalism is it's it's regarded as um, if you're a reporter or an anchor, it's it's a uh, you know it's 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 considered as this glamour industry where you're in front of the camera and you're kind of unearthing the truth. But um, there's a lot that goes behind it. There's a lot that uh, that we as professionals who are in the business of getting that news to people and across to them uh, it's it's more than just being an anchor or a journalist or a reporter so maybe circling back to the question of um, what's the difference between the media industry in Canada and here in India uh, in India is um, I think across the world like world over uh, there is there's no question that that faith in journalism is is fragile and wavering maybe leaning more or skewed more in some countries or democracies as compared to the other but overall i feel that uh this this notion of uh, individuals feeling that news organizations are more concerned with supporting an ideology or political position is is correct, and I I I did see that when um, you know, and I do see that with Indian uh, 
television news and even though i've been here in canada for the past 3 years mm-hmm. and kind of pivoted completely from uh, mainstream news broadcast to uh getting into financial sector and handling corporate communications for them i i still keep a tab uh, to to what's happening back home and organizations across india except a few and i do have to have to mention that because um i believe there are still few organizations and reporters who continue to carry forward the legacy of what journalism and media as a fourth pillar means or should mean to um you know to a democracy so um probably the the fact that news or media and reporters are are considered as not being objective or being partisan is is somewhat true because there's you know at 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 some point where ad money supports media business model and and we we did see like a fake trp scandal in india recently like when things like these drive the nation the you the people are bound to think about media as not making sense but sensationalizing stuff so we've we've moved from or or the media industry perception has moved from being like the conscious keepers to or or the unravelers of wrong doings to to leaning towards factions but that being said uh it's it's funny because i came across a edelman report recently in, in just in the last weeks where it mentioned that even canadians don't trust media as an institution and it's kind of declined over especially over the past one year where and and i actually did make a note of the number because it was it was amazing to me because in my head i thought oh maybe maybe the perception of canadian media in canadians who've who've kind of lived through it is different from what i would have who's who's been introduced to it in the last 3 years but to be told it's it's amazing to kind of know or see that about 49% of canadians surveyed feel that journalists and reporters are trying to mislead people so so this whole thing about us trying to compare media industries from one country to the other i i felt that was uh, you know it if you know it it did require some shaking up and being like what can we learn from them and what should we kind of you know tweak in our model so that uh, we're not that the media industry is not considered as uh, bipartisan or someone that's only kind of uh, leaning towards factions and ideologies but across the world i feel this this is what uh you know people demand people pe- pe- especially with like like simi said with with the influx of social media and anything and everything becoming news um or or being kind of shared on twitter and and kind of you know making rounds or going viral 
I each one of us wants to know the truth and they it, it the the media which is supposed to be the gatekeeper for it it's it's somehow the trust that's dwindling and that's why people are kind of taking things more in their own hands and and i i remember discussing this with you just a while ago where um one um one important difference that kind of pops in my head is how in india the media industry or news per se i must say is it's not just quick and easy access but it's more so to do with how quickly it spreads like wildfire and even if it's fake news so in so you know when when people just start forwarding the content on on whatsapp and you keep getting those notifications on family groups or or people who who keep sending you stuff on one faction over the other about it could be anything it could be about vaccines not being not being effective or why did the government uh, kind of go ahead with the vaccine when it was still in the uh, in the testing phases and the pros and cons we we actually forget to go deep and see where that uh you know what the sources is, is that even trustworthy and make an informed decision versus just just spreading it forward like wildfire and and not stopping and checking ourselves by putting that barrier of questioning ourselves saying fine this is from xyz media um uh, uh you know like network or this is from this commendable or uh, a journalist who's kind of known for doing their work but it's it's more to do with just spreading news for the sake of spreading it so i long story short i feel that that media as an industry and how news is goes around in circles in both countries it's um it's somewhat similar worse in in some factions and democracies than the other but yes the fact that people still feel that um you know the trust in media is deteriorating i feel that's more of a concern that needs addressing than trying to understand where we stand when we when we put both of them on you know pitted against one another so so i i feel if if we've got a solution to it we we should be working towards that and trying to understand what we can learn from one and apply to the other right and uh going off of uh, what you mentioned about news spreading like wildfire i completely agree with you and uh, sometimes i do feel that it's it's like we're living in times where people are just by default expecting things to go wrong and it's somehow like spreading that information even if i if it might be fake and not being able to validate it it's like they don't want to stop to validate it because they're already expecting it and they want to share it because then they can create more noise about it and somehow this whole process itself allows them to went in a way went out of uh, it could be their own personal things that they may not be able to share openly with people but you uh, you know kind of using news as as a medium and and as a as a 
as a way to vent their other emotions and just share that information and um and and that's that's why and and when you say whatsapp and family groups it's so true it's so right because there's so much of i get forwards sitting here in canada i get forwards from so many groups from back home where this the sharing information that may not entirely be accurate but uh, you just i just read it and i don't i i i stay away from reacting to it because i i do my research and then i i kind of realize what how much of it i need to actually follow but uh, yeah that makes so much sense simi did you have anything to add to this actually i do thank you um it's uh, ironic that the work i'm doing now with this company that conducts telephone town halls is um is best used so we work with a number of uh, with municipal and provincial governments um as i mentioned and the main reason that they engage us is to address misinformation rumors and fear in the population in their stakeholder groups which is which is ironic <laughs> that we're talking about this um we've been particularly busy in the last year i started working with them because they their business mushroomed from a one person company to now uh it's it's just multiplied and and it's growing by leaps and bounds during covid um where there were different stakeholder groups um who were affected and and didn't have information and they really needed to know what was happening you know groups like um there was a particular um group of people working in grocery stores there were union members who were engaging with this uh provincial ministry and the situations that they were in with the public you know what do we do when someone won't keep their distance I mean as a, an employee will I get fired for speaking firmly to this person what are my rights um you know there were a lot of issues people were for a year ago terrified you know particularly essential workers were just they could not work remotely that was not an option they did not have paid sick leave um there was no talk about a vaccine at that point I mean it was it was people were panicked and they needed to engage with a trustworthy source. And so that is our main um our main purpose I would say in that with government certainly is making sure that they are that that information is coming from leadership and and so and also giving leadership a a finger on the pulse of their stakeholders where are the gaps in knowledge and filling those vacuums so that people don't go to other sources which create a whole range of problems so this is a real a serious serious issue and and this Edelman report that Priyanka mentioned that came out a while ago really is a valuable resource and I would commend people to take a look at it because it actually and there's analysis like there's a great article um that i found that that focuses on how it how this lack of trust has affected nonprofits and other sectors mm-hmm. um 
And it does cut across different cultures. And I think the, you know, it's, it's concerning. It's concerning that, that people aren't, as a culture, I think we have gotten away from analytical thinking and, and reflecting on the information. You know, when you read a newspaper, it was a very different interaction with the information than having it go into your brain immediately when you're sitting alone at a computer. Absolutely. You know, um, just having that pause to think, well, wait a minute. Yesterday, I read such and such a person. Hey, so-and-so, wife, husband, what do you think about this thing I just read in the news? And then there's conversation. And um, so I think it speaks to a much broader problem. And um, and we've got to grapple with that as a society. See, see, that's probably that's, you know, that's the answer that we're looking for, that how do we create a solution by by trying to engage people and see how we can rebuild the trust that you've lost in the system. So I um, and so, again, that's 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 commendable when when you're trying to when you're kind of shaken up by statistics and these these might not be mere statistics it's it's more like uh you know like a barometer for you to kind of to kind of know if uh you know to gauge where you are but when you're working towards making amends to what you think you've lost that's that's the way forward and and i feel um that's kind of lacking um, when I when I see uh, the media industry or news. The way news, I, I I don't think I should say media industry because again, that's that's way too huge to to define. But how news is is kind of on its way um, or being turned or churned around um, for for Indian viewers. Right, right. I was so I was thinking about our uh, how we met. We met through college here in Canada, and in fact, Sini and I go way back, if I may say so, because we met at an interview at Humber, and then we re-met while we uh, we were studying. So uh, collectively here right now in this room, we have close to four decades of ex- work experience. However, coming back to college, uh, I'm sure had its challenges. It did definitely for me. Uh, so what are some of your takeaways from from this experience? Okay, well, I'll start. Um, I'm really very grateful for the opportunity to have gone back to school when I did to, to, to study PR and corporate communications. It was really valuable for me um, to take a pause, um, having worked in in communications um at at the level i did which wasn't really a hundred (laughs) percent i wasn't really doing as much as i i wanted to be doing but i did have a taste of it um and so going to school at that point i had real really specific goals i knew what um where my gaps were and what I what I needed to know uh, and and what you know I just needed clarification on 
on uh, on some specific things. It was um, it was very helpful to have a little bit of work experience um, to bring to school, and it reset me. You know, it was like bringing me back to um, you know the reset button in in your life. Um, interacting with people from such different backgrounds, different ages. I mean, it was so valuable to have younger classmates who were many of them straight out of university. Um, their their taken and experience with with the digital landscape was completely different from mine. So there there was a a cultural. Um, curve, growth curve for me, as well as um, the industry learning curve. And that was, I mean, I'm just so grateful and thankful. It, it's kept me fresh and open-minded. And, uh, you know, it forced me to confront my own um, biases and limitations. And, you know, it was a huge luxury to be able to do that. M many people don't have that option at, at a, you know, the midpoint in their lives to, to take a year out and focus on, on professional development that way. But it was, I can't say enough for how valuable it was. Uh, it taught me patience and, and where I needed to grow as a, as a team member. Mm -hmm. The teamwork uh, for me was the most challenging and valuable aspect of it because I was used to working on my own, um, you know, getting instructions from my, you know, you, you, the, the CEO um, mm -hmm. or the VP of, of marketing and going back to my office and doing my job. I had never worked on a team. And um, that was so critical. I mean, communications is all about teamwork on some level. I mean, obviously we're working remotely now, so it's not as um, it's not as close. You know, we're not in close quarters, which creates a lot of tension in itself <laughs> and challenges. But it is so, so critical. And uh, without that experience, I would not be um, as... I don't think my skill level would be anywhere near where it is now. So I'm. it was a very valuable, um, very valuable experience. Challenging, for sure, but very valuable. Right. Priyanka? So Simi and I were classmates, and I'm actually so glad that <laughs> we met. And then we met you because you and Simi had you know, interacted in the past, yeah. but, but my, um, my, my journey to, to going back to college was, was not something that, um, was on my mind initially. I, when I, when I came to Canada, I, I came here as, uh, with a PR, like as an immigrant, and to me, having 12 years of experience in national news network, to me, it felt enough to, to gain ground and to find myself, uh, uh, you know, back, on the, back in the workforce. Uh, the, the, the only problem being that um, as when, when you start comparing, again, Canada and, and, and India and 
the kind of news avenues and outlets uh you've got really few national news networks here as compared to what you have in india mm-hmm. and uh, trying to find people to to connect with to understand the differences in the industry and how how you would go about it was was a challenge for me in the first year and so in when when i got thinking it it kind of gave me um an, a, another view of how this could be a pivot and a chance for for a second career so it wasn't exactly a pivot because i was still kind of in the communications umbrella the broad umbrella mm-hmm. but it was more to understand the nuances of the canadian industry and the landscape and how things work here and that drove me to uh, a college an intensive 8 month course um for for a postgraduate certificate in public relations and corporate communication because i i felt um i wanted to capitalize on my strengths of of uh, you know trying to find harmony and being a relator and and being an inclusive leader where where i come from and kind of uh putting those skill sets to use to and you know a a, a section of communication that would most probably be like internal comms trying to deal with employee engagement and trying to understand the best ways forward so that's where i was looking at it and uh, to be honest it was um, i was really skeptical of going back to college because i was uh, i i i didn't know what to expect would would there be like people my age and like 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 some new voice um i i thought graduates fresh out of university uh you know comparing my skill sets or my maturity level or work with them and what each of us would bring to the table and how we kind of uh sit together and brainstorm about the projects and how do we tackle this problem um it was skeptical on my end going into it but once when i was once when i started the program or once when i was into it there was no looking back because it was it was actually a really great experience where the approach the practical approach was was intended to prepare the cohort for the job market and that's what i needed the, the entire um focus was was in developing particular skill sets mm-hmm. that would make us job ready and sometimes it felt way too intensive where where you didn't realize when the semester kind of got over mm-hmm. and you're handling seven subjects or seven different you know deliverables um uh, with your teammates within those five work days but you're still kind of chugging along and uh making those uh projects or timelines with your teams so it it was a great learning experience because it taught you um how to manage um all these varied deliverables how to work in a team like team, like like semi said and for me probably it was 
it was a lot more easier because i had always worked in a team culture and always led teams so so from that perspective i uh, i always saw myself as the includer or someone trying to get harmony onto onto team conflicts and trying to understand how we can work best especially when uh, when people have very different ways of working in teams some people might scramble and work towards deliverables and keep them on till the last minute and some some would make sure that you know if if my work depended or if if your work depended on my deliverable they would make sure that they kind of keep their end of the bargain so that the team can move forward so 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 that but but again going back to the point of it was a great cultural mosaic in and and i i think simi and i would agree on it when when we say that that it was it was great to sit together and on some days when when you could actually have time to to share lunch with your with your teammates and your friends exchange recipes or maybe talk about oh what do you have or or you know how does it happen when with 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 you back home or or just trying to be more observant and 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 start working on your own biases or start learning uh more about you know not just your teammates but cultures world over but one thing i i i do probably want to mention this was this was my college experience but um i i often used to think um you know um about how we would how how universities work back in india and how how things kind of take shape here in canada and and that was uh, that is something that kind of amazed me and uh, i felt i wish i had this particular opportunity i wish the indian university education system was was somewhat similar and by that i mean that in 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 universities here in canada uh you you know when you're doing your undergrad or or like your masters you you have a holistic view and the opportunity to pick up subject or streams that you might be interested in or you have a knack for and you might and and not necessarily coming from uh you know oh if if you've if you're a communication or um, sorry if you're if you're an a student of architecture or if you're a student of electronics you cannot venture out or explore anything else away from your domain you you here in canada uh, in in universities you are you're encouraged or you have the opportunity to major in electronics or architecture but also minor in media and film studies so that kind of gives you a sense of oh maybe i'm good at it or no maybe i just thought i was good at it you know maybe i'm good at pr and communications but no this is not my forte maybe human resources or or you know like uh marketing or sales is my forte 
but till the time i am not given the opportunity to try and fail or try and learn for myself if if i am good at it or not um i will never know and that's that's something that i'm probably struggling with right now because i would as as soon as you know you get your 10th grade results or uh, in in india you're kind of put into buckets of you're a commerce student you're a science student you're a art student and that kind of drives your life forever and then what if if i want to 15 years down the line be like i want to i want to learn how to code can i do that yes i can i have the opportunities but it's so much more difficult doing it 15 years into your work life than trying it at university level and failing or realizing oh no i have a knack for it maybe i'm more interested in this so i i i feel that was something that i wanted to bring up or share uh you know when i saw the the university education system and the differences here and again to the point uh colleges in canada it, it's it's different from universities colleges are more fast track so that's that's how they're supposed to be uh, a canadian college degree will will help you um you know get those practical uh skill sets to be ready for the job market but universities would kind of be the two year uh, masters or the degree courses that that kind of help you develop a holistic view so that i i think that was the only thing i wanted to kind of bring forward apart from my experience um going back to college after after so many work years so uh, my next question is kind of connected to that uh, i read in an article from the insider recently which which was titled that the gen zers are less progressive than millennials about gender identity and stereotypes not getting into the political aspects of this but given that we are in an age of technology and quote unquote a tap away from information what is your understanding of this statement as communication professionals I I can only speak to that in a very narrow way. Um I can't say I'm super knowledgeable about that because I haven't really um experienced it um very much. I can I can only relate to you a an anecdote from um experience I had at my um my previous position before I went back to school. Um where a um one of there was a there was a um presentation made to to the staff on gender pronouns and um and the, you know how to use them when to use them why to use them so this would have been about 5 years ago when they were it was fairly a fairly new idea on a a a broad scale outside the LGBTQ community um and the the president of the company after the presentation just 
um, expressed complete skepticism. She was not she was not a senior citizen. She was, I guess, at that point in her 50s, but she had been running the company for over 20 years and really did not have an HR background. And she she didn't see the purpose of 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 specifying her own pronouns and asking people what their pronouns are, which was the instruction given in the workshop that, that whenever engaging with a, a new employee, that that would be the protocol to follow. And she actually felt that um, that that would be inappropriate. Otherwise, I've really not heard um, people vocalize their uh, resistance to it. I think it's a politically, it's a very difficult, it's a delicate issue. I think there would be um, discomfort on a, uh, in a meeting, in a business meeting for people to, um, individuals to express discomfort with the idea of, of, you know, um, gender roles and and so on it's it's a very um i think that would be might be expressed privately Mm -hmm. um so i'm sorry i can't offer more i haven't seen a lot of open and plus we're in toronto don't forget um this is this is ground zero for uh same-sex marriage um which has been was formally legalized 15 years ago? I mean, long before it happened any in any state in the United States. Right. So we're, we're particularly, I think, sensitive and, and progressive politically on this issue in, in Toronto. Not across Canada, maybe, but certainly Toronto. Right. I agree with Simi's point with, um, with Toronto as a city being, being ground zero for, uh, you know, and, and helping to bring about changes because as funny as it sounds, even today, we've got, uh, you know, there, I, I actually recently uh, came across uh, a cry for help, uh, a colleague who works with, uh, with queer and transgender and non-binary uh, folks. She, she, you know, it, it, it kind of, showed how um, families in India um, would still force their kids to follow rules, to be closeted or be cut off from anything and everything, be it money for their education, be it a place to stay, be it, you know, like forcing them to, to be someone who they're not. So e- even though we, we, we say we've progressed. Uh, it just might be on on paper. Um, but coming back to to your questions on on or my take on why we think or why I think that the Gen Y um, might be more progressive, um, uh, you know, or, or sorry, millennials might be more progressive when when talking about. Uh, gender identity is because I feel that they were the ones who had to push back. They were the ones who 
who kind of lived that experience or or had to work hard to make their voices heard and that's why it it they they kind of took upon themselves to to make the change to make their voices heard and uh, and that's why they feel more strongly about it for for gen z um which is which is people in the 18 to 24 they already had the movement they just they kind of dipped their toes in it because the movement was already in progress the movement had gained momentum by them and there were so many things that had changed by the time they actually realized what what gender identity means and you know what what these distinctions are but from from a communications point of view i think not and again because this is a very uh, it's it's a politically sensitive conversation to have uh for organizations not just to to you know put themselves on the map or say that we're an inclusive you know uh, culture or 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 we believe in um having uh gender equality across board and in leadership roles and otherwise i feel to reach or connect with your audience meaningfully you have to stop pretending and actually believing and you know talking about these things or showing that you really care it could be it could be in the kind of uh gender based advertising that you do um or or like personal self care products about personal self care or or things like um basically walking the talk and not just saying we believe in this but showing how you believe in gender parity or 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 you know uh, gender identity and having conversations that that might be uncomfortable for so many uh but if this is what's required um it needs to be done so i totally agree with maybe the gen gen you know the millennials gen y is uh, more progressive but there's a reason to it because they were the ones who really pushed the boundaries for it and 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 came out and started asking the right questions and you know trying to understand the why and why not so it 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 could be and probably gen z might might have kind of caught on to the momentum and may not uh think of it um as progressively as as millennials coming to the to the end of our show and we just have one final question as communications professionals if there was one practice in communications that you could hold on to from the past years what would it be and why to me i i feel it's definitely trust and integrity as as 
communication practitioners as media as an industry like i i i feel we've kind of lost that because we're so driven by vanity metrics and numbers and uh making statements without believing in them and not walking the talk with them so that should be like that to me that that to me speaks a lot about what we were and where we've come and what should we you know take along with us if we want to make sure that we're on the right path and and something that um, and and another uh, probably practice that i would say from my personal experience is uh meaningful mentoring and sponsoring of talent like i i feel this was something that i faced when i came here when i had no one uh to reach out to um where to especially people who've been in the news network uh it was it wasn't easier for for an immigrant uh like myself to reach out and 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 request uh them for an information interview when it came to just trying to understand how the news networks work here just trying to understand the industry so i i think from me those were the two big for for the industry it was definitely trust and integrity that we need to carry forward and for me maybe more opportunities for meaningful mentorship I couldn't agree more with what Priyanka said. I think um to take a different approach to your question, Pallavi. Um I think that um the industry is evolving and the landscape is evolving so quickly. I I look at it a bit differently, um not so much looking back on what's worked, but learning from the um opportunities that have presented itself in in the industry um and lack of diversity is one that sort of uh is um is raised for me um when there have been um gaps um where the messages have been really off the mark and um there's been a huge blowback um i'm thinking in terms of mark uh, communications in a broad sense like marketing and advertising which i include in the under the communications umbrella mm-hmm. um and uh i mean i can give a specific example um uh this the most recent thing I, that comes to mind i know there are others um where um there was i guess this would have this would have been a little this would have been maybe four years ago where um one of the Jenner uh girls uh was featured in a Pepsi commercial where there were police officers with guns drawn or rifles drawn and she she was shown putting a flower down the barrel of one of these um rifles uh I don't know if either of you were um you would not have been in Toronto perhaps or aware of that in the time I don't know if you don't but um those types of of things do happen uh and to me that goes to a lack of diversity at the decision making level and on the on the 
on the staff level, on the, at the creative level. And so just going back to what Priyanka said, I think nurturing talent um, like us who are coming from different backgrounds, I struggled too. And that was the main reason why I went back to school was that I couldn't break through. I couldn't break into the industry, even though I had a lot of experience that was applicable, that made me, I think, a strong candidate. I had strong skills that that would have lent itself well to it without going back to school, but no one would give me a chance at the time. I, I tried for years. Um, and so I think the industry, we need to find a way to embrace people who are who are coming in from other, making making lateral changes as well as going across cultural um, divides uh, to bring people in who have other experiences and other other skill sets that will only strengthen our our industry and I think make our products speak to more a bigger audience because we'll be sensitive to those things and bring other um, other messages to the fore that other people might not have thought of or be aware of, you know, like, like, you know, having women and not just men, you know, obviously communications is largely populated by women, but that's just an example. If the, if it were just male oriented, which, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, it might've been, you know, it seems absurd now to think, well, how could you exclude women? Like that's a huge number of consumers who are out there, who are women, who need that viewpoint, is excluded. It's just the same thing um, goes to to other other groups of people and other experiences. So I think nurturing that talent and finding ways, I'm certainly open to doing that. Um, it's not going to be easy because of the way that the industry is structured. It's a very, it's sort of a closed club right now. Um, but I think moving forward, we it's essential that we that we do that. Absolutely. You, you couldn't have said it better, Simi. Thank you for, for, for putting it in those those many words because I uh I don't know if if, if you remember, uh, you know, when, when we were trying to find internships during our during our uh, like the end of semester, um this conversation about would you want to go for a PR agency versus would you want to go for an organization like more like the internal comms or corporate communication uh, way of things? And I remember, even though I never wanted to to get into the agency side, another big factor for for my aversion was when I opened the you know when i when i tried to understand the teams that work at these agencies i just couldn't relate to the faces or the team structure that was that was in there like i i could only see um faces that i am not familiar with there was no diversity there was no cultural inclusion and that made me and that made me cringe and that made me feel if if i want to fight that battle like it 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 really kind of put me off and um 
anyways, I wasn't I wasn't interested in 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 doing the agency route because I knew that um, I I wanted to probably play in my strengths and continue on uh, the corporate or internal comms side of things. But you're really right, Simi. The the, the lack of diversity in uh, in the industry per se is is something that probably we're fighting with and uh, it's it just kind of speaks to the content that is that is thrown at us again with without having those checks of will it relate with each member or you know every viewer or audience or are there certain barriers that we should be mindful of because it's being shared with the kind of audience uh, across so thanks thanks for sharing that well thank you thank you both for being here today on the show and making the time on a sunday morning <laughs> it's been wonderful and i definitely hope you enjoyed it as much as much as i did and i i would love to have you back on the show soon thank you so much for inviting us palavi Thanks Pallavi. Thanks Simi. Nice connecting with you guys again. Next week we're coming back with our episode from the Tiny Tuck show. So stay tuned for some interesting stories of success. Till then, stay safe and spread the love.